Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet, as always, as we are kind of reaching the conclusion of the player review slash preview series as we're all done with the main team. And now we are going to be looking at the players that we acquired this offseason, the new members of the Colorado Avalanche. And we are going to be going in order of player by which they were acquired, which means we are going to start with the one that I saw coming the least in Ryan Johansson formerly of the Nashville Predators, acquired by the Avalanche for free for the expiring Alex Galchenyuk contract. And also the Predators retained half of that deal, bringing him down to $4 million for this season and next. And this is one where I felt pretty high on it at the time. When we did it, I talked myself into it. I feel like as this offseason has gone on, I've gotten a little more skeptical of it. And I feel like I probably shouldn't. I should have faith in our pro scouting and our management for making this kind of deal. But I worry a little bit about his foot speed and how much he has left in the tank. Yeah, I mean, the positives of it, when that deal happened, it was jaw-dropping because no one saw it coming and i couldn't agree with you more that there is some cause for concern with it there is he is slowly getting slower when it comes to skating and when you think of this abs team where it's speed and possession i don't know how he's going to fit now maybe coming and playing with as many talented players as he's going to play with in colorado rejuvenates him a little bit but it is it it doesn't seem like the permanent solution for second C. It just doesn't. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I think Ryan Johansson is going to be good with this team. He's only a season removed from a 63 point campaign where he put up 26 goals in 79 games and obviously 63 points in 79 games. But last season he had a rough go of it for most of it. He played 55 games, put up 28 points and only 12 goals and took a skate to the leg and missed, I believe, the rest of the season after that. And generally, much like the Predators for most of the season, just kind of struggled to keep up. Struggled to keep up, and there's a reason why Nashville was willing to give him away for free. There's a reason why. And eat half his salad. Like While we won the steal arm over fist, there's a reason why a team like Nashville is willing to get rid of this player for free and eat half his salary. They don't envision him being a part of this future or being a contributing factor going forward on this team. So that is cause for concern. Yeah, I mean, Nashville was almost excited to give him to us, it seemed like, giving him away for free. And they also did the same with Matt Duchesne and buying him out. I, I wonder how much of it is they wanted this guy gone and how much Barry Trotz just wanted a clean slate to work with for this coming season. But I believe that Ryan Johansson could be the kind of player that I think maybe just needs a a fresh sheet of ice, a new city, new teammates, because I think things were getting pretty stale in Nashville. Their best years were a couple years behind them 
at that point. They got pretty healthily smoked by the abs in the playoffs, which showed just how far away they were from true genuine contention. And then they took a step back again last season as more and more players departed. And I think, I don't think we're going to get 63 points out of him. I, I think those days, I think that's an anomaly, especially when you consider it's, he had 64 points in 2019 in 80 games, followed it up with a 36 and 68, and then 22 in 48. And then after that 63 point season, two seasons ago, he followed it up with a 28. I'm hoping more for comfort numbers from him last season, comfort numbers where he puts up probably around half a point a game is what I would like to see. If he can do that, I think we'll be solid. I just don't know if he's going to be able to. Like at this point in his career, I see Ryan Johansson as more of a third line center. I do. Like yeah. asking him to play second line center seems like a little bit of a stretch, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think second line center, I think he's going to start there. But honestly, well, without a doubt, he will. I think as the season goes on, I'll talk about this more when we get to him. I think Ross Colton's going to take his job. And I think they're going to platoon it. But I think by the time game 82 rolls around and he gets to game one of the playoffs, I think it's going to be Ross Colton in that job. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's Colton's younger. I, I think his play style fits more of what the abs are asking. And that's just my personal opinion of it. I'm hoping Ryan Johansson goes out there and proves both of us wrong and has a 65, 70 point season. Yeah, Cause I, I, just, I just don't I, know if he's going to be able to, I think he is going to have a good season. I just, I look at what some other teams did addressing their center issues. And I like Ross Colton and what that's going to do for us. I just think there might've been some more better fits at second line center than Ryan Johansson right away, but you can't balk at the price because yeah. you did get him for free. And with the lack of trade value that this team has right now, what they can really afford to give up, which is nothing. You, this is kind of what you have to, to deal with right now. And to be able to get a player like Ryan Johansson, who is a quality, I'd say middle six NHL player, for free at half retained salary with the potential that he's had very good seasons in the past. I like that aspect of it, but in terms of pure fit, there are things that he is going to do very well on this team. He's going to provide some more net front presence and you know what he can do. He can win draws. He can win a faceoff, which is a lot more than a lot of people on this team can say. He you is, took the words right out of my mouth. He is a wizard on the faceoff dot. And one of the things about all of these signings, and I've said this before over the last couple of months, is that every single one of them kind of brings something that this team is going to be missing from Gabe Landeskog, where I think Ryan Johansson is going to bring more of the net front presence that they're going to be missing from Gabe Landeskog. And what every, what it, everything else that he brings is going to be brought by some of the other people that they acquired this offseason that we'll get to. Johansson, I think there's going to be a curve. And I don't know how pretty the start is going to be with him. I think I've calmed down a little bit since we've signed him. But I also feel like there were points in this offseason where I was being a little too pessimistic. And now I'm kind of at a, a healthy medium where I think he's going to be good. I just don't think we should get our hopes up. I think 50 is my maximum for him, 50 points. Yeah, I, I think a lot of Avs fans are just trying to replace Nazem Kadri still. And not, not, you're not going to like yeah. what Nazem Kadri did in that cup year was one of the greatest second line center seasons in a long time. You're never going to get that. What you can expect is what JT Comfort did last year. 
That I, that I think is a fair expectation of a second line center. I think it's just I think this is how you have to manage your expectations here. Do you think he is going to be better than JT Comfer? Just straight up. Last year's JT Comfer, do you think Ryan Johansson can be better than that? Because if the answer is yes, then this team is better than they were last year. I think they're equal, man. Like what Comfort did defensively and on the PK and his point production was pretty solid. I think that's kind of what you can expect offensively from Johansson is what JT Comfort did last year. I don't know if it's an upgrade. It's more, I think it's just level with what it is. And you may see a little bit drop in the defensive metrics because I don't think Johansson's going to play PK. Yeah, but I do think he is going to play some power play time. I think he's going to get an opportunity in the bumper slot on the power play. And if that works, that's going to mean a significant increase in his points. And the thing with Ryan Johansson too, is you look at his line mates in Nashville is they've been pretty good. The guys he's he's been playing with are are not bad. You look at the ones over the last couple of seasons, you think of like, you think of the Forsbergs, you think of the Matt Duchesne's like even some of the other guys that have come and gone. Like I think he played when, when they played Carolina, I think he played a lot with like Luke Cunning a couple of years ago, he's had decent line mates in Nashville. A lot of his numbers, especially in the last couple of years, to your point, I think have been very in line with what we saw from comp for last season. If you get kind of a, a similar season from Ryan Johansson that you got from last year's comfort, again, very heavy emphasis on last year's comfort because the previous comfers were in the 30 ranges, sometimes maybe even a little less than that. You don't want that from Ryan Johansson right now. If you get last year's comfort out of Ryan Johansson, I'd say even still this team is better on paper because you have the guy that we're going to talk about in a second with Ross Colton, and you don't have to lean on that production so much. It's The team's going to be better because they have more center depth. That's why this team's going to be better. Do I think Johansson's going to be an upgrade over JT Comfort? No, but you actually have another center behind him who's capable of scoring and producing. I think that's where this team got better was their depth. I, I don't necessarily think that Johansson's an upgrade over JT Comfort. And the thing for me that's throwing it off is I'm I, I'm like chomping at the bit to get to this guy, and maybe we should just should. It's like yeah, I, I, I don't have anything else. To, like the only thing I laugh about with Ryan Johansson is his shooting percentage is one of the like. Well, he's got to be one of the luckiest scores. He shot 22% in 2021. Yeah. And he almost shot 14% last year, but that just goes to the net front presence with him. That he, a lot of these goals just happens for him. But also bringing up a very important point, guy doesn't shoot. No. He has those high percentages because he doesn't shoot. Because you look like, oh, he's shot 23%, but he had 23 goals or whatever it was. Those 26. Couple, 26 goals. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's really good. What do you think Nathan McKinnon, how many goals would Nathan McKinnon score if he was shooting 22%? Probably, I'd say um, minimum 75. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be crazy. <laughs> like, what if McKinnon has that type of year? We're going to get way off topic, but if he shot 22%, that'd be gross. Yeah. But that's the thing. I, I don't know if the abs are going to ask him to shoot a lot, but it, it's but it's going to be a shoot. I also do think that if he is going to be on that second line, there's going to be an expectation of play driving. Right. And, it depends who his line mates are. Maybe Miko Rantanen bumps down there, and that takes some of the play driving load off of Ryan Johansson. But also, if you're putting Miko Rantanen on there, you don't want to have that be, oh, it makes Ryan Johansson's life easier because you're not trying to make Miko's life harder. But if he's playing with Val and or Lekkonen, Val's a solid play driver. Lekkonen is not the same at play driving, but has significant strength of his own. 
there's going to need to be that from Ryan Johansson, the ability to get up the ice and the ability to dish those guys the puck. And I think he has it. I don't think he has the foot speed. I don't think that's really up for debate, but I think it's going to be an adjustment period, but I do believe in his capability, but I also think he's not keeping this job. I think Ross Colton by the end of this season, we are going to love this guy. I couldn't, I, I was high on Ross Colton when we got him. I've only gotten higher. The more I've watched, the more tape I've watched, the more I've read. I think this is a home run for this team acquiring Ross Colton. I think not only is he going to be the second line center by the end of the season, I think he's going to blow his previous career totals absolutely out of the water where last season he had 16 goals, 16 assists, 32 points in 81 games season before 22 and 17, 39 points in 79 games. I think he has the capability to be a 25 goal scorer with this team. I think he's going to be a guy that can bring a real pesky element to the team. I think his slap shot is something that gets slept on a lot at the NHL level. There are a lot of things I think if they just give him the opportunity and let him just go nuts, I really think we could have something here with Ross Colton. I think he's going to blow up this year. Yeah, I mean, I watched the tape breakdown that uh, our buddy Evan put together on Colorado Hockey Now. If you haven't got a chance to go watch it, go watch. He basically breaks down every play from him. And I I love the way he plays. I think he's going to bring a different element to this team that was missing last year. It, it was missing big time last year. So I think he adds that. I Do you see him kind of as like... I don't want to compare him to what Burakovsky was when we got here because I feel like Burakovsky was a more polished no, offensive I, no, player. He, but I I think of him much more as a center Lekkonen. Okay. The, I like that not, one too. Not much defensively in that same regard, but the same kind of like you can just do whatever you want with this guy and it's not a problem. Yeah. And I, I think the offense production is going to increase. He's obviously, I mean – when you're playing in Tampa, it's basically the top six lines or top two lines were already decided. And for him to get as many goals as he did on a third, fourth line basis is impressive. 25 goals is definitely possible. I really think he's going to have the chance, but how quick is he going to be able to adjust to the system? I think he's going to be able to adjust a little bit quicker than a Johansson because I think Colton's play style fits more to what the Avs want to do. I think I don't think there'll be any problem. Honestly, I think Ross Colton's going to come in here and it's just going to be day one. This guy is a, a fan favorite already because you look at where he just came from in Tampa, where a lot of those expectations are very similar, where it's not there's no room to fuck around with the lightning. There's none whatsoever. And he got his chances with the lightning. They played him, I think, very fairly. But again, there's just so much talent on that team as well. And with where the abs are positioned at right now, they're it's it almost feels weird to say that he'll have more of a chance with in Colorado than in Tampa. Cause they're like, well, are, shouldn't they be kind of at the same level? But I think the way that the abs are positioned is going to fit his skill set a lot better where he's going to probably start third line. I just don't think he's going to stay there for very long. I don't long. think so either. It, it's different because it, like the same way we think of Colton, I think is the same way that like Canadians fans are thinking about new hook where it's like, this guy's going to do so much better in our system because he's, he's new. I think that's why like when a player has been your system, you know what they are. But and... it's also, you look at everything about Colton and everything suggests that you just give him more ice time 
and he's bound to explode. I don't think this is going to turn into like Val Nachushkin part two, where this guy just turns into like a point per game player. But I think this could be a, a similar level to maybe even better than Arturi Lekkinen, just based on how well he's going to to fit in here. I mean, Ross Colton statistically is one of the most efficient players in the NHL, where his minutes aren't super impressive, but it's what he does in the time on ice that he got in Tampa that makes him such a high-value player that if he just gets the minutes in Colorado, because I think he ended up playing like for most of the time like probably under 12 minutes a game for the most part with the Lightning and still was putting up very impressive clips. If you give this guy 15 to 16 minutes, I really do think you were going to unlock something in him that the fact that we have him for was it four times four on his his new essentially deal. yeah yeah essentially four times four like it looks like a lot up front but i think the abs are betting big on that for a reason i think they really wanted this guy and are willing to give up new hook to go get him and one of those draft picks that they got for new hook to go get this guy because i think they've seen the same things that we're all seeing and that ross colton when he comes here is just going to be so good He's going to be really good, and I more just want to see. Like, I don't think Tampa wanted to get rid of him. I don't think they did. They just literally had no money to give him. Like, there's no way they they could have more money. Four by four, they can't do a four by four. They'd rather spend half of that on Tanner Janot, I guess. But (laughs) their their loss as Ross Colton. One of the things he's best at is he he generates shots like crazy. He's got a wicked shot. His shooting percentage is not nearly as high as Ryan Johansson for a reason at this point. His career he shoots a lot more. He shoots a lot more. He shoots the puck a lot, lot more. He shot 10% last season. And again, like his minutes on ice, like I I didn't even realize how low they actually were. Like he plays 14, most of the time under 12, most of the time under 11 minutes a game in Tampa just because they run such a deep platoon of players i fully believe with all my heart that ross colton is the best move this team has made this offseason and honestly i don't think it's very close he's definitely the one i think that has the most potential to go like like a boom all the other ones you can have cause for concern where it's like the bust is probably equal to the boom with him i feel like the bust is maybe 20 percent, and the boom is 80 even like what is bust with him even if he's the same player okay maybe he's a little overpaid he's still going to be immensely valuable because yeah. like even if he stays the same player but just gets more minutes that's going to be a guy who probably still gives you 20 goals and probably 40 maybe still even approaching 50 points if you just give him more time on the ice that's not even factoring in that i think he's going to be better here in colorado than he was in tampa i I want to not, but just like you said, like blind. you were just saying, if if it's as good as it was in Tampa, we're we're fine, right? Because he was great I mean. in Tampa. Because like I don't want to just be so blindly optimistic about this, but I personally, this might come back to haunt me. Have just seen zero cause for concern with him. I think this is one of the best moves this team could have made this offseason, outside of like a more high end second line center. But I think Colton could evolve into just another version of Lekkinen where. He fits so well on this roster, and I think we could get to the end of next season and wonder how we ever survived without him. I I couldn't agree with you more. It's just we're going to have to see 
if the increased ice time we see more production or the same production we saw because if he has more ice time and this production continues 20 25 goals for your third line center technically is ridiculous yeah and that doesn't even factor in like a lot of the i know people hate this word but intangibles where he is one he was one of the hit leaders in tampa bay he averaged 12.28 hits per 60 minutes in tampa bay and no one else on the abs was even close to that last season and what have i said so many times after the seattle series and during the seattle series I just want someone to be a threat to score, a threat to do anything. Ross Colton on his worst night is a threat. He solves so many problems on this team. He makes this team grittier. He makes this team more dangerous. He makes them deeper. I love this move so much. And we'll talk about Alex Newhook next episode. If you're replacing Alex Newhook with Ross Colton, like it, it's not even a, for me, it's not even a debate. We'll talk about that with Newhook. But the thing is, is like, we, we could have like, if we weren't in a cup window, you could have been more patient with new hook, but we're in a cup window and Ross Colton is a big time upgrade compared to Alex new hook. And I, so. I agree with that as well. I mean, it just, and I, I'm trying to think of more of his downsides, like defensively, he, he could be better. I think in terms of dishing the puck, there's a little bit of work to do there. I mean, every player is going to have downsides. If he had no downsides, he'd be getting $9 million in Tampa right now and they wouldn't have traded him. But Everything that I have seen to me suggests that Ross Colton is 100% going to work here. He's going to very quickly become a fan favorite for everybody. He's going to be a, a, a fan favorite among the 60-year-olds who watched hockey back in the 70s where people just beat each other to death with skates and everything. And he's going to be a, a, a fan favorite for newer fans as well because he he has the skill. He has the talent. He just is going to be a guy that I think does everything so well and i think he's gonna get probably a much bigger role than we're anticipating this offseason like maybe even beyond second line center if jonathan Druan, who we're going to talk about later doesn't work colton plays left wing you could see him on the top line yeah right i wouldn't disagree that wouldn't surprise me at all like it, it, it's he has so much flexibility as a player that you can play him in all four lines and if those defensive metrics improve, which I imagine they will under the Av system, you have a chance to have a really special player at a very good contract for the next four years. Yeah. I mean, and the contract is giving him money for the player we expect him to be, right. which the Avs have a little bit of a pattern of doing in recent seasons. So you can't you, the only thing about the contract is that you can't call it a steal anymore. Now it's just value. Now this is just, okay, well, now you need to be a $4 million player. You haven't proved that you can be a $4 million player yet. We all think you are going to be a $4 million player. We just haven't seen it yet. Now there's real expectations beyond, oh, this is just such a steal. What a guy. Yeah. And I, I think he's going to perform to that $4 million and we'll be happy with it. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or, fit or visit 
www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per game eligible opt-in required. Max bet 50 10 leg reg for 100% boost eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply terms at draftkings.com slash baseball terms now back to the episode uh let, let's move on because Please, we just spent I, 15 I genu- minutes on ross colton so. i genuinely could keep going on because i love ross colton so much but if you, you still have if like you three more players to talk about yeah. uh the if next you one would be, this one i would have done it but yeah we yeah got uh, let's go miles wood next um this was probably the Next to the Johansson, this is probably the biggest eyebrow mover. Uh, and not because of the player Miles Wood is, but the term the Avs gave out, six years at 2.5. Um, Miles Wood is going to be a very solid player. Six years is a long time. But like Chris McFarland said in a couple of the interviews he's done afterwards, they had to do this so that it would drive down the AAV. Right. And with Miles Wood, I think it's very clear this is a player they've been targeting for a long time while he was in New Jersey. I think several times at the trade deadline and off seasons, they tried to trade for him. And based on the length of the contract, I think a lot of other teams might have balked that they just they didn't want this guy to get away. Because, again, I think they've identified something here and identified a fit where I'm not crazy about Miles Wood, but I can see what they like. I can see this the foot speed that he has. He's a very... I don't want to say good skater. He's fast, but he's very reckless. He's very reckless. That's yeah. a good way to put it. He's he's more like um, he's much less of a ballerina and more like a truck on the ice and that has no traction and is sliding everywhere. It's very fast and very powerful. Don't want to get hit by it, but it can't really control where it's going. What was the name of that kid in the Mighty Ducks who was that way? He couldn't stop. You know, the kept, he wore the cowboy hat. Yeah. I can't remember who it is either, but that's what he reminds such me of. Bad ho- We're such bad hockey. Fans. I know, I know, but that's how he is, and he is a—he's going to be entrenched in that third line, and I think of the potential of him and Ross Colton on the same line. That is going to be a pain in the ass of a line to face. Yeah, every single night, I mean, if those two are on the same line, that they're going to hit everything. Even if the Avs don't upgrade their bottom six and they tr- and they trot out. Ross Colton, Miles Wood, and Logan O'Connor. That's still a very annoying. That's a gritty line. Because for some reason, everyone hates Logan O'Connor. So Miles Wood might not even be the most hated person on that line. And that's going to really say (laughs) something. He quickly will become it. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. He very quickly will become it. But Miles Wood, I I think there is a good fit here. I like him on this team. The six-year term concerns me. But at two and a half with the rising cap, far from an albatross and will be far from a problem to move on from if it really becomes a problem down the line. And he's still young enough that you're not super concerned about that at the moment. He's 27. He'll be 28, probably probably pretty close by the time this episode comes out on September 13th. But over the last couple of seasons, he's been very entrenched in the very similar point totals. Last season, he had 13 goals, 27 points in 76 games. 
The year before, he only played three and that didn't score a single point because of injury. But the year before that, in the COVID shortened season, he had 25 points, 17 goals in 55 games. So production wise, he took a little bit of a step back in terms of points per game. But I think in the Avs system and their belief with him, I think they're going to mold him into something. I think he's going to turn into a quintessential bottom six forward. I think if he's ever off or above the third line, I think there's a problem. There's a problem. So long as he is playing those third line minutes, I think he is going to work here. I think you can expect him to bang in maybe 15 goals this season, somewhere in. Compared to what our third line did last year, I'll take that. Yeah, like like around the 15 goal moniker, something like that. Between 15 to 20, if he gets over 20, I'll be over the moon. Yeah. It's compared to where this team was last year. The the Avs had a very um, diligent plan of what they wanted to do this offseason. They got tougher and they added depth. Yeah. And I think Miles Wood fits all those to a T. Do I expect him to come on to this team and score 25 goals? Absolutely not. But I think that third line depth of just like you said earlier with Ross Colton, just a threat. Yeah. Just a threat to do something like, is going to be immense least, to this team. At very least, let the other team know you exist. Yeah, Because the Avs did not have that last year, and it killed them in the playoffs, where maybe Miles Wood is not going to score for you every night. And in the playoffs, maybe gives you one goal in the entire series, if that at all. But he is going to be there and be present in the series and make himself a known factor, for better or worse, because the guy puts himself in the box a lot. A lot. A lot. And defensively, he's got a lot to work on, I think, as well. I think that's probably the part of his game that concerns me the most for the bottom six role. Because when you have these guys on the ice, you just don't want them to do anything dumb. And Miles Wood has a track record of doing something dumb. in Yeah, in the offensive zone, typically. Right. And that's the thing that fits. That's the thing that scares me about it as well. But in terms of the fit, He's exactly what the Avs were aiming for this offseason. A, a solid bottom six player that has the potential to bang in some some nice goals for you and add some much-needed grit to that. He's got good size. He's 6'2", 200 pounds. There just needs to be more completed aspects of his game. He needs to be able to complete his offensive side of the puck. He needs to be better defensively. But I think the pieces are there for a very solid bottom six fit. Yeah, and if he just continues to play the bottom six, then we're good, man. We're good. And did he get scratched for some games in, for New Jersey last year in the playoffs? He must have, right? He played eight. I imagine so, yeah. Because they played six in round one, and then against Carolina, that went six well, they two, played. They it? played seven in round one. That went So they played 12 games. So yeah. just four. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, he had two goals in those eight games. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember everything that exactly. And I think the thing that knocked him out the season before was a hip Hip. injury. Yeah, which is a very common theme on this team, apparently, is all these hip injuries. But I can see what the fit here is with him. He's very good on the forecheck. He's very good on the wall. He's very good at digging out the pucks and has the ability to bang in pucks in front of the net. He has the ability to do that. He's a good skater. He can generate shots. There are just deficiencies to his game that stop him from potentially turning into the, I think when he started in the league, I think you can, in hindsight, say the expectation for him was to be like a Matt Kachuk light. 
where it's like maybe not what Matt Kachuk is right now, but kind of like the a utility Matt Kachuk, and he just kind of never turned into that. Yeah, but he still can be a solid bottom six forward in this right. league. So, and that's what this team needs. They need bottom six. They need the, the top six outside of center is rock solid, but yeah. the bottom six last year was atrocious. My, my expectation for Wood is I think I'm going to be reasonably surprised. I think he's going to be pretty solid. I think he's going to be pretty solid next year and the year after that. And I think he's just going to kind of be here for the next little bit, help this team win, do some dumb shit, and get on un- under the other team's skin. Yep. That's my expectation for him. He's going to do fine. I'll give him 16 goals, probably 20 assists, 36 points, something like that. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Another one that is the definition of a boom or a bust, and that is Jonathan Drouin. Yeah, this and is big risk. Big risk, but also could be a massive reward. And I'm leaning more towards the big risk side. And that's just because we have not seen Jonathan Drouin at what Jonathan Duran was in a long time. Yeah, he never really returned back to that form that he was in Tampa outside of one season in Montreal where he had 53 points, which matched his previous best at 53 points. Jonathan Drouin, in terms of contract, is a low-risk signing. Yep. In terms of what the plan is for him, which almost immediately after we signed him, it almost immediately went to Drouin top line with McKinnon. <laughs> I have my doubts. Yeah, about I do too. Based I on do too. Thing that I've seen from Jonathan Drouin. And I just don't think it's going to stay that way. No. And I, I think Drouin has more to give. And getting out of Montreal and bringing him onto a fresh team is going to do really well for himself. I believe that Jonathan Drouin is going to have his best season out of the last several, but how much is that saying really over his last several seasons? 29 points, two goals, 20 points, six goals, 23 points, two goals. Not a great guy on the boards, not going to dig out pucks behind the net, not a great net front presence. He can move, he can dish the puck. There's got to be some significant strides in his game. I think in order for this to work, but that's not to say that it can't. I think there is potential for it to work, but until I can physically see it with my own eyes, I just have my doubts. I, I think a good year for him is 35, 40 points, but if he's playing top line, that is not that's good. Not good enough. If yeah. you are playing with Nathan McKinnon and potentially Miko Rantanen at the same time, my expectation for that, for that kind of player should be 50. 50 to 60, exactly what Lekkonen did. And right. he's a better playmaker than Lekkonen is. Like, he's a better passer of the puck. So I can see the vision. I can see it, how this would work, because he did have a ton of chemistry with McKinnon, but that was 10 years ago in juniors. Like, he has the potential to be very good. It's just we haven't seen that Jonathan Drouin in five-plus years. So it, is it realistic to expect that? I don't think that's fair to him, and I don't think – I'm going to laugh so hard when all of these rumors that he's going to be first line are just completely squashed. And he's a third line guy. I'm just going to laugh so hard. Like I I feel better about that. Him being on the third line. If if our third line is just all new acquisitions and it's wood Colton and drew Ann, I actually like that him better on that line than I would on the top. Honestly, I do because it brings something that that line doesn't have, which is good puck dishing skills. I think that really rounds out the rest of that line. And I hope that's what they do. 
The thing about Jonathan Drouin is this is not Alex Galchenyuk. I think we need to make that very clear. This is not Alex Galchenyuk. Jonathan Drouin is an NHL player. And even if he does not get better and is the same guy that he was in Montreal, that is a top nine forward. Yes. Maybe maybe he gives you 30 points and you're disappointed by the end of the year. This is an NHLer and he can compete at the NHL level. It's 30 points for him compared to what it's been, it would be a good year. That's what I mean. Like it's it's a slightly better than it was. Maybe he's not a top line guy, but my expectation is he can still be an NHL player and getting him out of the Habs and to a new organization with friends that he knows. And I think an organization that is just better with their players and utilizing them is default going to give him a better season. And maybe that means top line and playing with McKinnon. I think more realistically, third line-ish that can jump up into the top six if you need him to. But he, until I see it, I just don't feel comfortable with that. But and maybe he does it, and then he throw Joanne up in the top six, whether it's with McKinnon and or it not. Works. And it works. There is that possibility. It works, and it, he has 50, 60 points. There is that possibility, and I, I can see that world. It's just, it's been so long since we've seen it from him. And granted, the talent in Montreal has not been great the past five years. It hasn't. Right. But and it's been a roller coaster for him personally. Yes. So maybe everything works out and he can get back to that. If he gets back to that, that is fucking awesome. I will take that all day for league minimum contract. Could you imagine if we got 60 points out of a league men guy? That'd I, be ridiculous. But that's would, unrealistic to expect. I would be stunned if he got yeah. 60 points. Like legitimately, like this is one of the best bounce backs we've seen from a player in the league yeah. in years. Maybe I, Kevin Shattenkirk would be the most recent one, but he wasn't even like bad in his last year with the right. Rangers. It's just, he was paid ridiculous amount right. of money. They just didn't use him. Right. Like yeah. I, I think Evan Rodriguez numbers is realistic. For I'd be okay with that. Goals. I don't think goals wise, we should expect yeah. that, but I think around like the 40 point range is a reasonable expectation around half a point per game kind of thing. This kind of what I'm expecting from Johansson, but for different reasons, the half a point a game, 40, 41 points. I mean, we have to remember, like we talked about Evan Rodriguez so much. He had 39 points last yeah, year. He was good. He, goals. he was really good to the point where you almost forget that his point totals were not super impressive. Yeah. And I think Drew Ann is, if that is a replacement for Rodriguez is Drew Ann, I think that's a downgrade. But Drouin does have that upside, as he's shown very briefly early in his career that he has potential. This is a former third overall pick who has had a 20-goal season and two seasons above 50 points and has just really been through the ringer with the Montreal media and himself personally and a bunch of coaching changes. You bring him into a stable organization, and we can speak to the, the media here. We've talked to most of them. They're excellent people that are not going to, to hound you at your house or anything like that. He's he, coming to a city where hockey is not the most important sport. Right. Where hockey he, is life in Montreal. Like he's, right. he's coming to there where it's like once the Broncos seasons get started, even though the Avs Nuggets just won championships, the Broncos will still dominate all the headlines. Jonathan Drouin can probably walk to the grocery store and be fine yep. and have nobody recognize him. And he would probably love that. Yeah, it, it's going to be a change for him. But I think the expectations, and I don't even know who started these expectations. Like, like it kind of just it, happened right away. Like the second we signed him, like I'm not calling out anyone in particular. It feels like every like reporter just was just like, all right, here's line combination, Drew and top line. And then everyone just kind of ran with that. Yeah. Because like 
honestly, I think the best fit for him be would play with Ross Colton, Miles Wood, and him be on the other side. But like, also I, at the same time, someone has to play in the top six. Yep. Someone has to do it. If if you're gonna put Lekkinen with McKinnon and or Rantanen, someone has to be in the top six with Ryan Johansson and Bow. You simply have to have a player yeah. there. And whether that is Druan or Colton or Wood, someone's got to do it. We've all okay. been talking about the top six four that they're going to get. They haven't done it. And I don't think they're going to at this point, at least not a top six forward. Someone's going to have to do it. It might be Druan to start the season. Maybe you put him next to Ryan Johansson and Val. I mean, that's, I, I'm I'm open to it. I'm open to the idea. I'm I feel bad for Val it. in that situation. That's a tough line. He's going to be the only defensive forward on the ice. But man. maybe, but maybe that'll work because all of those guys do a very different thing. Yeah. Maybe having Johansson with a puck distributor like Druan works, and having a puck hound like Nachushkin can get the puck to them, and he can set himself up in front of the net or use some of this skill that he just magically acquired two seasons ago and drive play on that line. There's something there that could work. I also could see Colton go into that role as well and work there too. There are options with Jonathan Drouin beyond the first line. I'm not comfortable replacing Lekkanen with him on the top line. Not yet. Again, for the fifth time I've said it, I need to see it first because I'm just not comfortable with it. Because again, like I've watched the film and Evan watched the film on Drouin in Montreal. I mean, bless his heart. He watched like what, nine to 10 Habs games in full for Jonathan Drouin shifts. It wasn't pretty. Jonathan Drouin was far from an exciting player and not a lot of his shifts were great in Montreal, but a fresh team, a fresh state of mind. I'm always willing to give a player the benefit of the doubt that if you get a fresh start, it can do wonders for your career, especially an organization like the Avs, especially a coach like Jared Bednar, who knows how to communicate with his players. I will always buy into the fresh start and I'm willing to give Jonathan Drew in a chance, especially at his contract. Yeah, agreed. It is it's boomer bust in just what we're asking of him, but the contract is literally zero risk. Honestly, like I, I just now I've talked myself out of bust. I can see the boom. I was worried about top line as long as, as long as you're not just sticking him on the top line and having that be your saving grace for the entire season. I think you can be fine with it, and maybe he works there, and maybe you put that there, and it's fine. But I just from what I've seen, I don't see it. It'd be I, very funny if it works out and he just has like 55 points next year. I mean, that'd be hilarious. To God that that happens because that would be incredible. Yeah. Maximum I can see a second line and fringe second line where you have him and Colton maybe alternate every now and again because Truan can play center. He's yeah, probably he going to play wing, but it's almost the same thing as Colton. Colton can play left wing and probably for most of his career has played wing and Truan can play center and for most of his career has played center. Right. You can probably alternate those two a lot. And again, we shouldn't get stuck on game one roster predictions because it's going to change. Oh, the second line is going to be just a a carousel of players. Yeah. Do not get attached to any sort of combination. Shit. We're going to, we're going to have a waiver claim in October. That's totally going to screw everything up too. Agreed. Dryden hunt. Come on back down. Right. (laughs) It's almost like they're betting on that at this point for another waiver claim. We'll save that for a future episode, but. I like our acquisitions. We It's hard to give grades to these guys. So why don't we give a grade to how we feel about these acquisitions as a whole? How do you think the Avs did getting these guys? 
B. I like that. I think Drew Ann, uh, not Drew Ann, Colton is an A. I don't, I'm short of A plus because it's a little more money than I would have wanted, yeah. but I'm giving him an A on that. And that bumps me up to a B plus because I'm, I'm B on the rest. I think I'm B minus to C plus on wood because of the contract for Johansson. I'm probably B on that, especially because it's nothing. Andrew Ann, it almost just felt like this was always going to happen. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty B on that. So average it out. I think that actually just comes out to a B. I'm totally wrong on my math, so I'll just get it. That's all right. Yeah, school wasn't our forte. No, it wasn't. As I, my degree sits next to me. <laughs> yeah, I'd sit over here yeah. too. <laughs> but overall, man, super excited for these arrivals, and I, I do think that they're going to surprise us in some ways. Yeah. I do. I think they're. I mean, and for some of them, are going to be here pretty long. So I certainly yeah. hope they do. But I like it. I like some of the moves they made. Again, Ross Colton. I'm telling you guys, this is going to work. And it's going to work big time. You're going to love it. Agreed. Agreed. So we'll have to wait and see. We're we're getting closer and closer, man. Yeah, we're getting there. I mean, it's we're we're getting close to it. By the time this episode comes out, it's going to be probably just a little over a month until the regular season even starts. Like it, it's it's coming up on us fast, and we're getting down to the end of this series. This is the second to last one. Next time you hear from us, will be the final player review preview series. And we're not talking about abs anymore. We're talking about former abs because we're going to be looking at the people who left the team this offseason. We'll be starting their season on different teams. But that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. You can use promo code Tell It Abs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time once again talking about the departures. And we will catch you all next time. But until then... Let's go out.